0: Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here's your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Welcome, and thank you for joining me for these next few minutes. As I said a few weeks ago, I have several weeks in a row where my time is extremely limited to focus on GPS Hope because of things like the transition of getting a job, moving because we're going to stay put this year, and being on the grief cruise as a speaker. But I am determined to make sure I do not miss any weeks of recording a podcast episode for you. So this is another short one, and hopefully within the next week or two as we get settled, I'm going to be able to, you know, start getting into some sort of flow again and get back fully back on track. Now I am recording this. I don't normally record during a busy time during the campground, but it's a Saturday afternoon. So I don't know what the noise is going to be like for you on your end. So let's just go for it. Now on the week this podcast episode is released, it will be the anniversary date of Becca leaving this earth. Have you ever heard of a golden birthday? That's when you reach the age of the date you were born. For instance, I was born on February 26th. So for me, my golden birthday was when I turned 26. If your birthday is on the 13th of the month, your golden birthday was when you turned 13. Well, I realized this year would be Becca's golden birthday heavenly birthday since she died on the 12th of October and we hit year 12 with her being gone from us. If you have the Reflections of Hope book and you read October 12th's entry or are going to read it, you may already know this. I'm pretty much going to read that day's entry to you, but I'm also going to add just a few other extra thoughts. Like the rest of you, That first year after Becca's death was so very painful. For me, and many of you as well, the second year was shockingly worse, as if that were even possible. The third year was still painful, but the reality of having to learn who I was without my oldest child was setting in. The fourth year I did okay, but the five-year thing had me a mess and very fragile once again. What is it that made the fifth year so hard for me? Is it because five years seemed such a long time? Is it because buried somewhere deep within me, I knew this was just the beginning? Is it because I had tried for the last three years to make sure my other children did not think I loved Becca more than them? So at home, I did my best to pretend I was fine 95% of the time. Is it because my previous son-in-law, Becca's husband, took down her Facebook page saying five years was long enough and our family needed to move on, like he had with a new wife and a son they already had together. Or is the real reason, the simple fact that I gave birth to her, raised her for 18 years, had her for one of my best friends for the next 11 years, and then in one moment's time, it was all taken away from me and it just plain hurts no matter how long it's been since she's left us? I find myself crying out to God at how desperately I still need him for this grief that I still struggle with. And what comes to me in the quietness of my soul is that a change in perspective can be very powerful. Here are some of the things God reminds me of that can ease my pain and make life livable again. One, I am not getting further away from Becca with each year. I am getting closer to her as each day brings me closer to my own departure to be with her again. Two, it is only stuff. Yes, it is Becca's stuff that I no longer have access to when my son-in-law dumped it all and removed her Facebook page, but no one can take away the part of her that lives forever in my heart, my mind, my memories, my very soul. By the way, my son was able to get his sister's page back as a memorial page. Three, while 29 years was not long enough, it still happened. I was blessed with this daughter who brought so much joy and many challenges with her stubbornness to my life. I can honestly say I would rather have had her for only 29 years than to not have had her at all. And I will add to this that I wrote a song together forever. And one time when I was singing it for a group, when I was done, I found myself sharing that even if I had been the one to go first, you know, we talk about how having our children die ahead of us is out of order. Even if I had been the one to go first, it would not have been enough time to spend with Becca and my other children. And so that That's another thing that makes me thankful about what Jesus did for us is because this is not a permanent separation. And no matter who went first, it wouldn't have been enough time. I still cry. I still hurt sometimes very deeply, but I also rejoice that this life is only temporary. I want to read the scripture for this. I'm going to save the reflection to the end of this podcast episode, but the scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, and it's from the Living Bible Translation, and it says, So we do not look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us, but we look forward to the joys in heaven, which we have not yet seen. The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. This verse is a good segue into what I wanted to add to this today. Have you heard the phrase, start with the end in mind? In other words, if you're working on some sort of a big project that needs to be broken down into several smaller projects to be completed, you usually start with the end product, like how it needs to be when you're finished. And so from that, you start backing it up. Like, what's the last piece that will have to be put in place? And from there, it's like, okay, so what needs to be done before that last piece can be put in place? And then it's like, okay, so what needs to be done before that can be put in place? And you just keep backing it up until you have like that very first piece. Okay, so now we know this is where we need to start. In order to get to the end, we've backed it up. What needs to be done to get there? What needs to, you know what I'm saying? And so then you finally get to that, okay, now we know where to start. with the first thing I need to do? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I heard that term, start with the end in mind. I heard it in a way that made me think, that's how God did all of this. What I mean by that is, I think God started this whole world with the end in mind. He knew that he wanted all of us with him for eternity. He wanted all of us locked in, in a way, I mean, like the angels, he lost a third of the angels. He created the angels. Now he's all knowing, he knew this would happen. But when he created the angels, a third of them rebelled and they're lost from him forever. And he did not want that for us. He did not want that for the humans he created. So the end in mind, It's like backing up, okay, so for humans, if I create humans, what do I need to do for them to be, you know, covenanted, locked in with me forever? And, you know, I can just, it's almost like, god the father and jesus god the son and the holy spirit all brainstorming and i I know this isn't probably what happened but to me i don't know it just this whole starting with the end in mind you know they're brainstorming and and it's like jesus well i'll go and i'll be one of them and i'll i'll you know what do i need to do to, to seal them into this, to make sure that they have a chance to be with us forever. And it's like, okay, well, let's do this covenant thing with the sacrifices. And okay, so I'll go be the final sacrifice. But first they need to know the need they have for this, that, that they can't keep it themselves. And they need us to keep this. And there needs to be a way for us to be together forever once they leave this earth. And you just keep backing it up until you have the very beginning of creation. I, I don't know. I just think that's what God did. He started with the end in mind. And it's so awesome when you think about it, because this world we're in is not permanent, but it's here to prepare us for the place that is. And that means everything that happens here is with eternity in mind. But our view of it is with very limited sight. And that can be confusing until the veil is lifted and we are on the other side with our child. It's hard for us to live with the end in mind because it's so real for us here. This life and this world is all we know. It's physical. It's tangible. And eternity isn't tangible to us. And so it's really hard for us to live from that place of the end in mind of eternity. I believe with everything in me that our children who are now on the other side of that veil can also see everything clearly and they understand what we don't understand. They are living in that place of the end in mind. They're living in that final end and they're cheering us on knowing that when we join them, not only will we understand, but the pain will be completely behind us as the glory of eternity explodes all around us like it is for them. I don't know about you, but this is a good reminder for me personally. Whenever we hit another anniversary year of Becca leaving us here, which happens this month, like I said, as I go through the next few days, there's probably going to be a lot of tears, I'm going to do my best to remind myself that this separation from Becca is not permanent. And someday I will understand because I won't be in the middle of God's project. I'm going to be in the end, where the end goal is, where God started from with the end in mind. I want to pass along something I heard Wayne Jacobson say once. He said, pain is not the Antichrist. Pain does not prove that God has left us. God is with us through the things that cause pain in this world. And it is like the hurt of a surgeon that is bringing you back to life, not the hurt of a mugger beating the tar out of you to steal something from you. You might want to replay that and let that kind of sink in and think about that a bit. I want and need God to be the surgeon bringing me back to life, sometimes over and over again. May I suggest that you choose to put yourself in the hands of the surgeon, not the mugger who's stealing and beating the tar out of you, knowing that God started with the end in mind, and the end isn't just good, it is glorious, and it is what our children are experiencing right now as I said, the beginning of this was from my newest book, Reflections of Hope, a daily reading for bereaved parents. Each day has about a page, page and a half, which includes a reflection about what you just read and a scripture to anchor it. It is a hardback book that you can use for the next few years on this difficult journey. And don't worry about keeping up with it every day. It's not that kind of a thing. It's just whenever you need some extra hope or encouragement, just pick it up and read the entry for that day. You can find it on Amazon pretty much anywhere books are sold. I will put a link to it in the show notes. And also if you have the book, please leave a review. That makes it rank higher in the search engines, which makes it easier for other perivers to find it. And then reading your review, obviously it helps them to decide if it's something they want to get. To make it easy for you, if you have the book, to leave a review, I'll put a link in the show notes that will take you directly to where you can leave that review, even if you did not purchase the book on Amazon. Okay, let's go to our birthday segment. Ricky Grace was born on October 9th, and she is forever 25 Mitchell Ang was born on October 12th and is forever 17. We celebrate the day these two came into the world. We know it will always be an important and special day to these families. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced on the birthday segment, the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that for you. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form, include the pronunciation of their name in that section if it's mispronounced, because I want to make sure I say your child's name correctly. Just submit that, and I will announce your child's birthday that week. The entrance into heaven for Becca meant a new body with both legs, since her left leg was amputated because of bone cancer when she was three, And instead of her earthly limitations and suffering with a a damaged heart due to the long-term effects of that chemo when she was three, she now has a heart that is perfect and strong. Now, she did not get someone else's used heart in a transplant that she desperately needed here on earth. She got a brand new one that will never go bad on her again. You may have a child who is healthy and you're not able to have that kind of perspective of thankfulness for their new body like I do with Becca. But that means your child won't ever have to experience anything like that here on earth. No long-term sickness, no accident that causes permanent damage, no more going through the evil and corruption of this world. Now, does that take away the pain of not having your child, my child here with us? Of course not. But it can help us shift from the dwelling on our painful loss to being happy for them because of their incredible and glorious gain. Painful grieving? Definitely. But without hope? No. So with that, during this time of year, I will make sure on October 12th at some point to celebrate with her and say, Happy Heavenly Birthday, Becca. And so, as a reminder to all of us, myself included, Hold on, pain eases, there is hope.